Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of God. If this is your first Sunday back, um, welcome back. Some, some, people, some people are still in holiday mode. It takes a few weeks. Uh, and so, to, to, to get the normal, uh, the normal attendance back. And, and if you're watching at home um, and, and you're sick, just well, we, we want to let you know that we continue praying for you. Uh, we, still have, we still have quite a bit of people that are still catching, you know, um, this, this variant. And, and my parents, they, they had it a little bit earlier this week. I, I believe they're starting to feel a little bit better. Um, praise God. So we, we continue praying uh, for, for those who are sick and, and those who are in need. Amen. And if you are ever in need... Let us know how we can pray for you because we have a praying body. Amen. A praying body. Praise God. Um, this morning, I want to, if you have your Bibles, I'm still out of breath. <clears throat> yeah. Matthew chapter four. I want to take you to Matthew chapter four this morning. And um, we're going to preach. We're going to preach from the temptation of Jesus when Jesus went in the wilderness, and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and uh, he was taken to be tempted by the enemy. Amen. Um, I don't know if anybody feels this morning that, man, I'm, I'm kind of in a wilderness of my own. I'm kind of going through some things, and I thought 2021, you know, um, was going to take me out of take me out of it. Like, 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 like we're moved from our, it's like, we think that we're removed from our issues from one day to the next, right? Just cause it's a new year. Boom. This is my year. But sometimes we, we do as much as we would like to not do it. We carry the baggage from yesterday to today, or maybe we, we're not trying to carry the baggage, but it still comes with us. Um, problems still, still, still face us. The wilderness still uh, comes with us. And maybe this morning you're like, man, it's not been a great start to the year. Um, I want to encourage you with this word this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, say amen. If you got Matthew 4, amen, Matthew 4. And Pastor Danny preached a message this morning that um, was, was incredible, incredible. And I told him, man, you're going to have to preach that message pretty soon here to, uh, to, to the English congregation. God really used him uh, this morning and and uh, it was just a beautiful word, so get ready, prepare that in English, please. Um, but amen, let's, let, let's go to the word. It says this, it says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and their glory. And he said to them, um, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is re written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the devil left him 
And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Amen. Let's let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word, my God, that you've spoken, Father. And I pray, Lord, that, that as you've delivered it to me, Father God, that your Holy Spirit may deliver it to your people this morning, Father God, to receive what you have for them, Father God. I pray that this word falls on, on fertile ground, Father God. I pray that for the next 35 to 40 minutes, my God, that, that you uh, allow our minds not to wander, Father God, and stay focused on your word. And the church says, amen. All right, y'all said amen. You know what amen means. Amen means so be it. So you are not going to let your mind wander this morning. Amen. Um, today, we begin our 21-day fast. I got one amen. I got one whoop whoop back there. <laughs> um, this, is, this is something we do every, every year. We've been doing it for, for many years. Um, and we do it as a way to, to kind of kickstart the year in prayer and sacrifice and really just focus on, on the things of God, you know, as we get into the, into the year. And so I, I want to encourage everyone during the next 21 days, man, fast with us as a church, um, pray with us every morning. I'm, I'm going to challenge you during this, the next 21 days, man, let the first thing that you do in the morning, if you, if that means getting up, you know, 30 minutes before you normally do, um, get up and seek God and pray and get into the word, start your day off, uh, right, uh, for these next 21 days of fasting and prayer. Um, you don't have to do the Daniel fast, like down to the T. Um, you know, a lot of you might, this might be the very first time that you fast and you don't want to go too hardcore because you want to stick with it, right? I remember my very first year I did the fast. I was so pumped up, man. Like, I want to do the 40 day fast. I want to do the Jesus fast, right? I mean, I, I could do it, right? I was a little big too. So I was like, man, I got to do it, right? Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I, I was so pumped. And then like day three, day four, I was, I was like, man, I, I'm going to have to adjust this. Like, like a lot of modification on my fast. I had to go back to God and be like, God, you know, I wasn't in my right mind, you know, let's, let's redo this. So, you know, get, give God, uh, give God, you know, a, a diet that you're used to, that that's going to be a sacrifice. Um, but something that you believe, man, I, I can, I can stick with this. Amen. Um, because you know, the, the important thing is, is what you do during the fast. And one of the reasons that we fast is, is to deprive the body for the purpose of spiritual enrichment. That's why we fast. Right. And so when you're feeling hungry, that's your body telling you, hey, I'm weak. Feed me. Give me something. Strengthen me. And so na- fasting is a natural reminder to our spirit because our, our, our body is telling us I'm weak. That should be a reminder for our spirit to say, okay, let me feed the spirit. Right? Because my body, I, I'm, I'm fasting right now. My body's telling me I'm hungry. Let me go and strengthen my spirit because I can't really strengthen my body. So let me get into prayer. Let me get into the word. Let me get into worship. And, and, and so that's what we're doing for the next 21 days. You know, when, when you're feeling hungry, that's when you go to the word of God and you get fed spiritually. Um, don't fast if you're not going to if you're not going to see God. Don't fast if you're if, I mean, just you're just going on a diet, really, which is that's fine. If you need to go on a diet, go on a diet. Um, but don't call it a fast for spiritual reasons if you don't do the spiritual part of it. Amen. Um, and the next 21 days we're, we're focusing on, on going deeper. Somebody say deeper. deeper. Amen. Say that again. Deeper. deeper. That's right. We are going deeper in the presence of God. We are seeking God. And, um, that's what we do with this fast. And, and so with that, I want to kind of segue into my, my message this morning, because the deeper that you go into seeking God, 
um, the, the more encounter, the, the more obstacles you're going to encounter, right? The deeper you go, because, because when you go deeper, you're not just encountering more of God. You're also encountering the enemy because the devil, he's also in the deep, right? That's, that's the title of my sermon this morning. The devil's in the deep. And I, I just feel like this is something that we need to know because we have to be prepared to battle, right? We, when you go deeper with God, you're not alone. You think you're alone. It might feel like you're alone because you're, you're in the depths with God. But many times the enemy is right there silently prowling like a roaring lion, ready to devour, ready to strike. Because the enemy is the one who wants to knock you off course. He's the one who wants to get you to stop. Stop going to church. Stop praying. Stop seeking. At the very, at the very least, stay, stay in the shallow end, right? Because you're not a threat to anybody in the shallow end. Nothing, nothing cool ever happens in the shallow end. Nothing supernatural ever happens in the, in the shallow end of your relationship with God. But when you go deeper, that's when God begins to work. That's when he begins to manifest and we begin to see healing and we begin uh, to, 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 to see restoration and, and salvation. When you go deeper, when you go deeper with God, that is when God begins to do things. And that's when growth happens. We've been talking about growth. God wants to, he, he wants to grow this fire inside of us, this passion, this, this zeal. And if you think about it, the deep, in, in the deep end, that's where, that's where spiritual abundance is, right? It's in the deep end. That's where abundance is. Je- Jesus told Peter, Peter, cast out into the deep. You're too shallow. You need to go a little bit further deep because that is where the abundance is. And, and the devil, he is the enemy of spiritual growth. So where do you think he's going to be? He's going to be in the deep. He's going to be in the deep end where you're getting your abundance. He wants to take it from you. And I don't say this to scare you or to make you not want to fast. Uh, I just want to let you know what you're up against. As you grow spiritually, the devil is in the deep. And I want to, I want to, I want to teach a little bit this morning. I didn't intend to teach. I meant to preach. But as I was preparing this message, man, I, 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 um, I realized there's a lot more here that meets the eye. And, you know, I can, I can make a nice sermon and, and, and pull some things out and, you know, make it sound real nice. But, um, you know, I, I, I want, I want us to understand the text. I want, I want us to understand what Jesus was doing with this fast, right? I take a lot of pride in, in, in theological and biblical a- accuracy. I posted something the other day to, to Facebook. I said, um, you can sound spiritual without being biblical, right? Um, and, and, and preachers, we have this way of, of, of making things sound real spiritual because that's what gets the amens. That's what gets the shouts, right? That's what gets all the shares on, on Instagram and, and Facebook. But, but if it's like theologically off, you're not helping anybody. You're just making a nice little speech for a little bit and it gets people's emotions worked up for like five minutes, but it doesn't do anything for the spirit. Right. So and I I never want to be that. And, you know, if I remember correctly, Jesus told the woman at the well, our worship must be done in spirit and in truth, spirit and in truth. Right. Right. So you can worship in spirit, but so can all the other uh, religions of the world. So can the Jew, uh, so can the Jews, so can the Hindus, so can the Buddhists, so can the Jainists, the animists, all of them can worship in spirit, but it's, it's improperly directed. You can, you can have all this zeal, but it's not placed in the one true God. And on the other end, you can, you can have truth, but be spiritually dead inside. There is a combination of both that needs to be met. 
And so I want to teach a little on the significance of this passage and, and, and why it's here and what it means. I really want to focus on the very first verse of this chapter where it says Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's all kinds of confusing, right? That's all that's that's you read that. And it's like, huh? Jesus was led by the spirit into the desolate place, into a dead place where nothing grows to be tempted by the devil. Doesn't the scripture say resist the enemy? Didn't Joseph run away when he saw Potiphar's wife trying to seduce him? Didn't didn't he leave as fast as he could because he didn't want to be tempted? Why, Why is Jesus not running away? It's like he's being escorted right there to be tempted by the enemy. Why are you playing with fire, Jesus? Right? Doesn't the Bible say God is never the one who tempts us? Isn't, isn't this kind of the same thing, right? Like if I were to take my daughters to get a shot and they look at me all mad because I took them to get a shot and I'm like, I, didn't, I wasn't the one who gave you a shot. I drove you there though, right? I, dro- I, I supported it. So why is Jesus being led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil? Confusing. And, and why, why is he in the wilderness? Why, why is he being led into the wilderness? Doesn't, doesn't the Bible tell me he leads me by still waters? He leads me by still waters. He makes me, makes me lie down in green pastures where it's beautiful and there's abundance of, of life and there's flowers and there's a rainbow there. That's how I imagine it, right? It's, it, it's beautiful. That's, that's where Jesus wants to lead me. Why is he being led in the wilderness? So God has a purpose. Amen. Somebody say that. God has a purpose. God has a purpose for this event in the life of Jesus. This is the very first thing that I want you to understand. You know, our first thought is why did Jesus, why was he led by the spirit to be tempted in the wilderness? It's kind of like we're offended by it, but I think we should be encouraged by it. Because if you think about it, if God orchestrated this whole event, what does that tell us? It means that he is in control. He's in control. God is in control. I'm speaking, to you. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. God is in control. You don't believe me. Say, say it out loud. God is in control. Say it one more time. God is in control. Think about it. Think about the thing that you're in. Think about the chaos that you're in and say it one more time. God is in control. Now, it's easy to repeat. It's very difficult to believe. It's difficult to believe when when your life looks a mess and you're trying to be faithful to God. And it's like, God, are you really here? Are you are you really in control? Because mess up keeps on happening. I keep on messing up and I mess up again and I fail again and I try and I try and I try to stay faithful, but I keep on falling. It seems like I'm in control of my life, but I don't have control. God is in control. God is in control. That means that when he makes you lie down in green pastures, he's in control. It means that when he leads you by the still waters, he is in control. And it also means that when he leads you into the wilderness, 
Even then, he's in control. That's why I say it's encouraging. It's not discouraging. when, When we're in the wilderness, we say, God, get me out of this desolate place. God's like, it's not a desolate place. I'm there with you. I led you there. Trust me. Trust that I am in control. You know, we are all going to walk in the wilderness. We're all going to have bad seasons. This year, you think it's going to be your year? You're going to get shocked. I bet. At some point, you're going to wind up in the wilderness. Wouldn't you rather it be God leading you there? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather be the Holy Spirit taking you into that desolate place instead of you doing it yourself? God is in control. Yes, it was the spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness to be found by the devil. Now the question is why? What was the purpose of this? What is God demonstrating? Okay, this is where I'm going to teach a little bit. If we go back to um, the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, 1600 years before Jesus, the Israelites, they were about to enter the land of Canaan, the promised land, right? And Moses is making this speech to the Israelites, and he's reminding them of their 40 years in the wilderness. They had spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, 40 years learning how to depend on God, 40 years learning how to be obedient to God. Many times they failed. Sometimes they succeeded, but most of the time they failed. But, but this, th- these 40 years, it was a time, uh, the book of Deuteronomy says, of testing, 8-2, it says, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you. So in the same way that, that, that Jesus was being tested, Israel had been tested. So there's a lot of significance there between these two stories. Now, going back to, to Jesus in the wilderness, the verse says that Jesus went to be tempted by the devil. He went to be tempted by the devil. The word there for, for tempted, the Greek word is pediaso. Pediaso. It's also the same word for test. It's the exact same word. So this is kind of like a, a double-edged sword type of a word because it has a broad meaning. It's often used for the word tempt, but it's also, it's also used for the word testing. So, so God's testing, I want you to get this, God's testing of our faith often comes in the form of the temptation by the enemy. The testing of our faith comes many times in the form of a temptation from the enemy. God's not doing the tempting. But he's doing the testing. He's using the temptation as a test. Right? See, see, if God is, if he's testing your faithfulness, right? If he's testing your patience. Y'all know how to be tested in, in patience, right? That's why God gave us children. <laughs> Tests your patience. If God is testing your faith, that test is also coming with some type of temptation. The testing of your faithfulness comes with the temptation to stop being faithful. The testing of your faith comes with the temptation of doubt. And I've been there many times, more than I would have liked, where God, you know, he sends me into my own version of a wilderness. And I'm, and I'm being faithful to God. I'm, I'm in the will of God. But something happens and it tests my faith. And while it's testing my faith, it's tempting me to doubt. Job was going through a test while being tempted by his wife and his friends. Just curse God. Just curse God. God's not doing the tempting, but the tempting 
is a part of the test. And you might not like the sound of that. You might not. I, I don't, most people, when, when you say these things to them, they're like, no, 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 God doesn't. He has nothing to do with temptation. No, 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 no. They're two separate things. They are. But case in point, let's go to the story of Job. A lot of people don't understand or they don't like the first part of Job. You know the first part of Job, right? You kind of skip over that. You're like, I don't like that. Why'd you do that, God? Because if you're not familiar with the story, uh, Satan goes up to, to the heavens. And he has this conversation with God. And it seems real chill, real casual. Uh, hey, God, um, you know, your boy Job, he only loves you because he's blessed. You know that, right? I'm just telling you. He's got an abundance of wealth. He's got his health. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got like a thousand children, right? He's, he's, he's blessed. I bet you, if you just let me ruin his life a little bit, I bet you that, that, that if, I, if I could just take away some things that, that he's counting as blessings, if I could just take that away, I bet you he will curse you. God's like, all right. And so people don't like that part. Because like, God, do you do, you do that with my life? <laughs> You know, do you, do you kind of make a wager with, with Satan, you know, to, 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 to see if I'm going to be faithful to you? So, so people don't like that, That's, that, that, that story. But you have to understand that God's level of thinking is so far beyond Satan's, right? Satan, he wanted to tempt Job to, to, to tear him down. God wanted to test Job to build him up. It was the same event. But there were different motives, right? And, and we see because after the test, Job, man, he's going to realize how faithful God is, how good God is, how, how, how loving his father is. His faith is going to be made stronger. And see, the devil, he always comes up with these plans and he thinks he's great. And he's like, man, I'm such an evil genius. I'm good at this. Oh, I'll, I'll, I got it. I'll corrupt Pharaoh. I'll corrupt Pharaoh so that he refuses to let the people of Israel go so that they stay in Egypt and die in Egypt and the, and the end of God's people is realized right there in Egypt. That's a great plan. God's like, all right, try it. Do it. Let's go with it. Doesn't work out. And then Satan's like, oh, I got another. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to possess the one in Jesus's inner circle. I'm going to possess Judas. So, so, so that, so that Jesus is not only betrayed, but he is killed by his own people. That is going to be so humiliating. I'm going to have the victory. God's like, do it. Just do it. Just do it. I want you to do it. I want you to do it. And God is, God is letting him go with these little schemes because in the midst of Satan's work, God is working as well. What the enemy intends for evil, God has a plan for good. Right. And so the enemy's agenda is not overpowered by God's agenda. It doesn't matter how what amount of preparation the enemy does. Right. It might be the same incident. It might be the same wilderness. It might be the same people in your life that that God allows the enemy to use. It might be the same defining moment where Satan is tempting you while God is testing you. But God's plan is far greater, far superior than Satan's. So even though the devil's in the deep, God's in the deep too. God's there too. You're not alone. God is working. 
I would say he's working harder than Satan, but he doesn't really need to work hard. So Satan's probably working harder and always falling short. But man, sometimes, sometimes church, we Christians, we give so much credit to the devil, man. So much credit. So much credit, right? Like, 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 like when we're being attacked, how many of us know what it means to be attacked? I know what it means for y'all to be attacked because y'all call me pastor, pastor. I'm just going through it right now. I'm not making fun of you. I do the same thing, okay? I'm just going through it right now. It's like one thing after another. It's like the devil doesn't let me have a break. And it's so tempting that, 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 that when we're being attacked, we want to play the, the, the victim instead of the victor. We fail to realize that, that the enemy, the enemy doesn't have the authority to do certain things without God allowing it. So, 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 so if, if, if God allows me to be attacked, it's got to be because he knows I can take it, right? Not by my strength, but by his strength. If, 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 if the enemy is attacking me, the enemy thinks it's all because he's, a, he's an evil genius. But, but God, is, he's allowing it to happen because he knows that he has made me more than a conqueror. Romans, Romans 8, 35 through 37 I want you to, to highlight this. I want you to know it. I want you to memorize it because it says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So in the, in the tempting, in the tempting, there is a test. There is a test. Where the enemy is, so is God. Don't give so much credit to the enemy. Don't focus on the enemy when God is in the same place. Don't focus on, on, on the wilderness. If God has allowed you to be there, if God has sent you there, don't focus on, 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 on your surrounding. Focus on the one who sent you there. What are you doing, God? I'm here for a reason. I'm in the wilderness for a reason. I'm suffering for a reason, especially if he's the one who sent you there. Ask God, what are you doing? What are you doing? So Jesus was being tempted by the devil but he was being tested by God. Now this, this test had to happen in order for, for it to reveal something to humanity, right? It had to happen, right? God, God does certain things to reveal something to humanity, right? So the temptation of Jesus, what does it reveal? Two things. Number one, it tells us that Jesus was a man. It's, it's, it's one of the, the most referenced uh, verses when it comes to our temptation, because it gives us hope because it tells us, oh, thank God, Jesus was also tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. Even Jesus had a carnal nature. He was able to be tempted like we are. He, he was able to be, become hungry like we are. And many of us are going to get hungry the next 21 days. The story tells us that Jesus, it was a man. It talks, it, 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 it's a very human moment in the life of Jesus where he was being tempted. He was being tempted. So it makes us relatable to him. 
And two, it doesn't reveal that Jesus was just a man. It tells us that he was a perfect, sinless man. Jesus went to the wilderness to conquer what the Israelites in the wilderness weren't able to conquer. Right? If, if you read through their time in the wilderness, Israel grumbled. They complained. They carved out images to, to make them as idols. They were disobedient time and time again. They were, they, were just like, they were just like these really incredibly disobedient and disappointing children to God. For 40 years, same thing. 40 years wandering. You know what wandering means? You're just there doing the same thing. You're just there. You don't have to be there, but you're just wandering around. That were there, just wandering. Uh, you might not know this, but uh, uh, to Canaan was an 11-day trip from the wilderness. An 11-day trip they could have gotten there. 40 years stuck in the same place. 40 years. Jesus perfected what Israel wasn't able to. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament... Um, it refers to Israel as, as the firstborn son of God. But in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the firstborn son of God. So Israel was meant, it was always meant to be God's chosen people, right? From, from whom the Messiah would be born. Uh, the, the Israelites, they were called to be pure. They were called to be holy. And yet time and time again, they fell short. But then Jesus is born. And, and in Matthew, actually right before this temptation story, What does God say about Jesus at his baptism? He says, behold, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then right after that, right after that vindication by the father that this is my son, I am well pleased with him. The enemy says, okay, let's tempt him. And immediately right after the Bible says immediately after his baptism, he was taken to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil does the exact same thing that he did with Eve in the garden. Same old trick. He takes the word of God and he uses it to try to tempt Jesus. I got to stop right there. I got to preach on this a little bit because man, the devil does this so many times. He does this so many times because the devil knows that Christians read their Bible, right? We should, at least we should, right? Most of us, he he knows that Christians for the most part know their Bibles, so, so instead of contradicting scripture, he tries to twist it. He tries to make it sound, sound spiritual, right? He, he'll get you to gossip if you can end it with, yeah, let's, so let's pray with, for sister so-and-so who just got pregnant by uh, a, a man, uh, another man who's not her husband. Let's, it's terrible. Let's pray for her, right? <laughs> let's pray for her. He'll, he'll make you, he'll, he'll make you, he'll make you think that the scripture, I'm going to step on some toes with this one. He'll make you think that certain parts of the scripture are actually about you and your situation. Oh, we love to isogize. We love to isogize. You know what isogize means? It means looking into the scripture. We're reading into the scripture. We're we're, we're, taking, we're taking our experiences and we're plugging that in to the scripture to make it about us. And we have a great habit of doing that. We do it so well. 
And it makes us, it makes us miss the truth of the scripture and why it was there. Why, why, this, why, why God revealed it in the first place. Could we make it about us? And it sounds spiritual. Sounds good. So he tells Jesus, he says, if, if, you're, if you're really the son of God, because I just, I heard, I heard God say you're the son of God. Congrats. So if you're really the son of God, you can, you can make these stones turn into bread. If, if you're really the son of God, if you're really the son of God, throw yourself down from this mountaintop. Because you know what? There's actually a verse that says he will command his angels concerning you. It's biblical. He gives them one more attempt. All the kingdoms of the earth. Hey, you're, you're the king of kings, right? You came up. You came to, to establish your kingdom. I'll give you all of this right now if you just bow down to me. He twists the word of God. Now, in every single temptation, Jesus responds back using scripture, right? But this is the interesting part. Not just any scripture. He keeps referring back to the wilderness, He keeps referring back to the 40 years of Israel's wandering. And every every response, he's quoting Moses in Deuteronomy, where Moses reminds Israel of the lessons that they so imperfectly had to learn during their 40 years in the wilderness. He says, a man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Israel had to learn that. They had to learn that after not trusting God, after complaining and complaining and complaining and telling Moses, why are you sending us here just to kill us? They had to learn how to depend on God. Uh, Jesus tells Satan, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Moses says this to Israel after they had put God to the test. And then, and then Jesus says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and, and him only shall you serve. Moses said this after the Israelites failed to do it so many times. Jesus perfected in 40 days what Israel couldn't perfect in 40 years. Because the Israelites could not understand that even though, even though the devil is over here, even though the devil's in the, in the deep, and even though, even though I'm going through all this chaos, God is still in the midst God is still in control. That is something that we tell ourselves. That is something that we read about in scripture. That's something that you hear the preacher say so often. But how many times are we not living it? How many times do we take matters into our own hands? Because we feel like, man, this is just so chaotic. I've got to do something. And we say God is in control. But how many of us actually believe it? Moses tells the Israelites, man, I'm, I'm going to go up to the mountain. I'm going to go up to the mountain. Don't do anything bad. Just stay put. Just chill for a little bit. And they can't last five seconds without them needing some type of direction and creating this golden calf so that they can worship it. And so it could be their God. See, God, God was always trying to take Israel deeper. That that was his purpose in in establishing them as a nation to be pure and holy, to be set apart, to be sanctified. You can only become set apart and sanctified when you go deeper with God. Because you can go deeper with the world and and you're just going to look more like the world. Or you can go deeper with God and reflect more of his image. That's what God was trying to do in Israel. 
He was trying to perfect them into a worthy nation, but they would always fall. And so Jesus went to the wilderness to finish what Israel couldn't. You know that song, um, well, I went to the enemy's camp. And I know Pastor Danny knows it. Took back what he stole from me. Y'all don't know that song? Took back, man, y'all. Man, I thought I was in old school, man. I guess I'm, I'm pretty old school compared to, to you guys. There's this song. It says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took it back. I took back what was stolen from me. See, see, Jesus went into the wilderness where the devil was, where the devil was encamped. And he took back, he took back holiness. He took back purity. He took back what, 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 what God was trying to do in Israel. They couldn't do for 40 years. He took it back in 40 days. I went to the enemy's camp and I took it back. And the enemy left because he had nothing else. As you get closer to God, church, you're going to find yourself deeper in the wilderness. Are you ready for that? Just an honest question. As you seek more of God, as you seek more of God, you're going to find him. And as you find him, you're going to hear him. And hearing from God is scary sometimes. That's why people don't like to, they don't like to come to church. Because a preacher is going to say something from God and, and, and you're not sure if you want to hear it. So the more you seek God, the more you find God. The more you find God, the more you hear from God. The more you hear from God. Oh, God, come on, make it, make it easy. You're going to go further and further. And the more you hear from God, and the more you say yes to God, God is going to see how far he can stretch that yes. He's going to, he, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to stretch you. Because that's what God does to the willing servant. He, he uses you. He uses you. And while he uses you, there's an enemy there trying to knock you down every step of the way. Trying to give you some new excuse not to keep going. That's, that's what's coming the deeper you go. You, f- you fall deeper into the wilderness. So I have to ask you, are, are you ready for that? <laughs> are you ready? Because God is going to call some of you to some great things, but, but first that means he's going to take you through some very low places. Think about every Bible story and every person who wanted to go deeper into their calling. Every milestone comes with a battle. Every milestone comes with, with attempting, with a test. You're going to find the enemy. You're going to find the enemy in the wilderness. He's already got a plan. I'm have the worship team come up. He's already got a plan. He's already trying to think, how can I get, this, how can I get so-and-so to, to get knocked off course? But if Jesus has showed us anything, is that we can conquer. The devil's, Temptation is God's testing. The devil may have a different agenda, but God will have the victory. God will have the victory. And I believe that God is calling us to go deeper. God is calling us 
to go further in seeking him and in our personal relationships and, 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 and for growth of spirit to begin to happen. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Are you ready for that, church? I'll take your silence to, to mean, yes, I am ready, Pastor. I know it's scary, man. I know, it's, I know saying yes to God is scary. I know going deeper is scary because as you go deeper, there, you find more of what you don't understand. You find more of what you don't understand. Let me tell you the type of person that I am. I like to understand things. I'm, I'm, I'm analytical in, in, in so many ways. I, I want to understand. If I don't understand it, then I, I usually stay away from it. With, with most things. Right? Why, why am I going to touch something that I don't know what it is? Why am I going to eat something if I don't know what it is? And when it comes to the spirit, the, the deeper we go, I found, the deeper I go, the more I don't understand. And it kills me. And I'm like, God, but I want to understand. God, speak to me clearly. God, God, talk to me. So explain this to me, like Michael Scott. Explain this to me like I'm four. Explain it to me in a way that I'm going to understand. Because if I understand it, then I'm, I'll be comfortable with it. And yes, then, then I'll give you my all. And God's like, no, 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 no. No. The testing of your faith requires you not to have all the details. And I believe that God is, is beginning to work in many of you. He's beginning to speak in many of you. But I'm here to tell you, man, it might not look, it might not look like anything that you've ever been in before. But there is more. There is more. There is so much more. There is so much more that God wants to reveal. There is so much more that God wants to show. And I want us to get there. I want you to get there. So I want to challenge you guys. Let's, let's stand. First of all, let's all stand. Before we do anything, well, this, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do this morning. If you're going to fast, if you're going to take this challenge, Every time we fast, we, we make that commitment. We make a personal commitment with God. We tell him, hey, this, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm, 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 I'm choosing to, to, to seek you. I'm, I'm, cho- I'm going I'm to get rid of this. And I'm, for the next 21 days, I'm focused on you. We, 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 give, we start the fast in that prayer. And so what I want to do right now is I want to take a moment to make that commitment to God. We've never, I've never done this before because, because it, this is going to let us know who's fasting and who's not fasting. And it's, this, it's always a personal thing. But I want to do it because if we're going to begin it as a church, I want us to do it here at the altar. And I want us to make that commitment. And if you're not ready to fast, that's fine. 
that's fine. I encourage you to continue praying and, and, and seeking God. But if you know, God, I'm going to commit the next 21 days to prayer, to worship, to, to, to reading your word. I mean, very practical things, man. Things that your Sunday school teacher would tell you. If that's you this morning and, and you're going to make that commitment, I want us, can we do that together? Can we step forward as we, as we make that commitment? Come on, if, if, if you're planning on fasting for the next 21 days, I want you to step forward. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father God. I pray right now. Come on, just begin to lift up your voice. Begin to give this, this, this moment to God and let, let God know how I'm making a commitment to you. Strengthen me. Be my strength when my, when my body is weak. This is where growth begins to happen in the deep end and the uncomfortable and the things that you've never done before and the things that, that, that look a little scary, the things that you don't want to do. My body doesn't want to do it. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is a moment right here where the spirit overcomes the flesh. Holy Spirit, right now I pray over this body, my God. I pray over every single soul here this morning, Father God. I pray right now that you begin to, to, to speak into their lives, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you allow us to be more in tune with your Holy Spirit, Father God. I pray, Father God, that during this, this, these next 21 days, as we seek more of you, as we find more of you, as we pray more, as we worship more, I pray that you transform us, Father God, to be lovers to be lovers, Father. Let us fall more in love with you, Father. Let us fall more in love with you, Father. I pray that you strengthen spirits, Father God. I pray, my God, that you begin to manifest Holy Spirit. I, I, I pray that you begin to, to, to do a work, Father God, in the, in the lives of, of these individuals, Father God. I pray in Jesus' name that, that, that people may find their spiritual giftings, Father God. I pray that in Jesus' name, my God, that their prayers may become more authoritative, Father God. I pray in Jesus' name, Father God, that, that they begin to see hope in hopeless situations, that they begin to see joy, Father God, in moments where there is none to be found, Father. I pray that they become fixated on you, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that as they go deeper, even though they may encounter the enemy, they first encounter you, my God. And I pray, Father God, that no weapon formed against him will prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Begin to take us deeper. Begin to take us deeper. Come on, lift up your voice, church. Begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. And if you're out there, if you're out there, if you're, if you're not going to fast, I encourage you, just begin. Just begin praying to God, asking God, Lord, reveal yourself to me, my God. Reveal more of you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at MyNumaChurch. Thanks again and God bless.